0: As you watch this teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see it.
1: Welcome to Home Group. My name is Rick Renner, and I want to say thank you for letting us come right into your space. I know you could be doing something else, but you're letting us come be with you tonight. And not just us, but Jesus is here because he promised there were two or three of you who are gathered together, there I will be in the midst of them. Denise, as time goes by, some scriptures get broader. We used to think that meant we had to all be in one room. Well, tonight we're thousands of us together. We're all gathered together in different places. And Jesus is in the midst of us here, there. He's in the midst of us. And we're glad that you are also in the midst of us. And Lord, we ask that tonight you would meet the need of every member of our home group. In Jesus' name. But Denise, you look so pretty in that dark blue top.
2: Well, thank you, Rick. I like this color.
1: You know, last night you had almost the same top, but it was white. And this one's so pretty. Thank you. And Mr. Runner, welcome. Thank you. And home group,
0: we welcome you. We're glad you're with us because tonight we're going to study the Word of God. It's Psalm chapter 23. And I think we're going to have a grand time. I've been enjoying it so much. Talking about peace, talking about sheep. Tell us what you've liked. You know, tonight's Thursday night and... I think we've been having a really good time so far. We have. And we want you to get the study guide, which is free. We do these for you. And Joel, people all over are getting these study guides. They are. You can go to Renner.org and download your own for free right now. But really, people want to study the Word of God. You know, Joel, you had a fun experience. You were in Tulsa, and you heard
1: that there was a church using the study guides in their Sunday school, and
0: you went. Well, when I'm in Tulsa, I like to go to church with... My Aunt Rhonda, and uh, we have a really good time together. And so she said, Okay, now there, there's a Bible study group who are studying one of the study guides that your dad wrote. You know, one, one, one's dad it wrote. was a Sunday school class. And I was like, Wow, that's cool. And she said, Would you like to go be a part of it? And I said, Well, why not? And so she, we went, and uh, I sat down. They didn't know I was coming, and I got there before my Aunt Rhonda, and I sat down. There by myself, just these people getting ready for you know, the study of the Word of God, Sunday school. And everybody was like, got quiet, just quiet, quiet, quiet in the room. And uh, I guess they realized who I was. And so I I said, Hey, everybody, my name is Joel. And so I got my notes, and they're like, Wow, how did he know we were going to study his dad's study guides this, this Sunday? And so I got up and shook everybody's hand. I facetimed dad and he got to introduce me. I did. Got to say hi to everybody. And we had the most wonderful time. And I sat down and tried to stay quiet and just study the Word of God with everybody. It was a blast. But Joe, how can people get the study guide tonight? You can go to Renner.org. And what we've done is, during the broadcast of the TV program, we make that study guide free. Free. It's a download. You can purchase the physical version if you like. But as a free download, You can go to Renner.org and just download the study guide. And this is the physical version, right? The audio, video teach. You can purchase the rest of the series. But really, you don't need the TV program to study the Word of God. You can just study on your own. But it really helps when the teaching and the study guides are together. And we're also offering right now a book by my friend, Tony
1: Cook, which is called Because the Lord is My Shepherd. If you've never been to his website, you should go to TonyCook.org. What a wonderful ministry. But this book is just so rock solid that I wanted to offer it to people. And the subtitle is The Blessings of an Empowered Life. And right now we're also offering you at our website on a radical discount. Our story unlikely. And Joel and I are going to show you something from my family history. This is our autobiography. My family was, are you ready for this? A circus family. You say, a circus family? I mean, really a circus family. Orchestra, acrobats, elephants, clowns, the whole deal. That is my family. Joe, show that photo.
0: Here you go. This is our
1: family circus in Indian Territory before the state of Oklahoma. Okay, now somebody might say, how did your family end up to be a circus family? Well, did you happen to see the movie called The Greatest Showman on Earth? Mm Mm-hmm. Well... That's about P.T. Barnum. My grandfather was one of the band directors for P.T. Barnum. Isn't that amazing? When I went to see that movie, I kept thinking, I wonder if that's my granddad. My granddad was one of his band directors. So when my granddad moved to Oklahoma and married my grandmother, whose name was Luella, P.T. Barnum helped them with a tent, and they started what was called the Blacktop Tent Circus, and they traveled all over Indian Territory. And Indian territory, before Oklahoma was a state, was a pretty wild place. It wasn't just filled with Indians, it was filled with bandits. You called it
0: the, outlaws, the woodlands? Badlands. The Badlands, sorry.
1: And my grandfather remembers a lot of the very, very famous criminals from those days, like the Marlowe brothers and, it was not long after Jesse James. And when my mother was a little girl, she even remembers our family went into hiding. And we think it was because of either Machine Gun Kelly or Pretty Boy Floyd that was going to kill my grandpap's family. They went into hiding and stayed in hiding until the coast was clear. But all that was going on in Indian Territory. And my family traveled all over Indian Territory in that tent. And are you ready for this? My grandfather was the first man in Indian Territory to show a moving picture. A movie. A movie had never been shown in Indian Territory. My grandfather was the first to show a movie and he sold tickets in that tent. And now I'm going to show you my photo. Here is my photo which is of my family. Part of my family. And in this photo is my grandfather who's playing a trombone and my aunt is in this photo. This is all my family. We were clowns, comedians, acrobats, entertainers. I can remember my grandmother when she was in her 70s. She had acrobatic skills. And when I was a kid, I would invite my friends over from the neighborhood and my grandmother would perform. She would do backflips. My grandmother, she would do somersaults. My grandmother, when she was 70, could get on her hands and walk down the street. I am not kidding. And people would say, man, you've got the coolest grandma in the world. (laughs) That was my grandmother. It's funny. This is part of our family story, and it's all in the autobiography. I want to tell you one more thing. One day, my grandfather Miller, whom I called Grandpap, when he was a young man, they were traveling in that tent out in Indian Territory. He was living a pretty rough life, and he and his brother, Edwin, were thrown into jail for drunkenness in Enid, Oklahoma. That's way out in the western panhandle. And Grandpap was telling me this story when I was a young teenager. He said, Rick, you'll never believe who I spent the weekend in jail with. I said, okay, Grandpap, tell me. He looked at me and he was like, wait, it was like a drum roll. He was waiting to tell me. I said, tell me who it was, Grandpap. He said, Geronimo. I said, who? Because we'd all grown up saying, Geronimo, playing games. He said, yeah, I was, in the, I was thrown into jail all week and me and my brother with Geronimo. I said, you were in jail with Geronimo? He said, yeah, before Geronimo died, I spent a whole weekend in jail. He said, that was one of the nicest men I've ever met in my life. But <laughs> I remember thinking, what kind of family am I from? At one time, we had a big family reunion and they all came over and I looked around. And I thought, this is who we are? We were really a circus family. Anyway, we were comedians. My mother even saw the elephant. My mother has a vivid memory of the elephant. And she said that when she was a little girl, even after the circus was sold and the elephant was gone, they lugged elephant equipment from house to house. This, for some reason, they hung on to the elephant equipment and just dragged it from place to place. Isn't that amazing? Well, I'm sure you would love to have that piece of equipment. I would love to have that. Good idea, Joel. But hey, tonight we're going to go on further in Psalm 23. But anyway, all of that is just a little piece of what is in Unlikely. And I want you to order your copy at runner.org. A big, big discount. You will love this. Don't be afraid of the size because you can just pick and choose what you want to read. And there's 80 pages of photos.
0: You know, I was thinking about how your grandfather told you about his experiences. Yeah. After your grandkids read that book one day. They might wonder some of the same things you wondered.
1: They're going to look at me and say, Grandpa, are you kidding? Are you kidding? That's who we are. It's going to be a lot of fun. Anyway, get the book. But let's go back to the 23rd Psalm. Psalm 23, verse 1 says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. We looked at that last night. Tonight, we're going to focus on the first of verse 3, which says, He restores my soul. So in the first program, we saw God's supernatural provision. Then we saw God's supernatural protection. Then we saw God's supernatural peace. And tonight, we're going to look at God's supernatural restoration. And I want to read a verse. Jeremiah 30, verse 17, so states well the heart of God. For I will restore health to you and heal you of your wounds, says the Lord. Mama, you know a lot about that. People have all kinds of wounds they need to be healed from. And the good news is Jesus is our shepherd, and part of his job is to restore our soul. And I want to read to you John 10.10 from the King James Version, and then I want to give you the RIV. Are you ready? Mm -hmm. John 10.10, The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I am come that they might have life, And they might have it more abundantly. Now here is the RIV, the Renner Interpretive Version. That's long, but this is really what it means. Are you ready, guys? The thief wants to get his hands into every good thing in your life. In fact, this pickpocket is looking for any opportunity to wiggle his way so deeply into your personal affairs, personal affairs, that he can walk off with everything you hold precious and dear. And that's not all. When he's finished stealing all your goods and possessions, he'll take his plan to rob you blind to the next level by creating conditions and situations so horrible that you'll see no way to solve the problems except to sacrifice everything that remains from previous attacks. The goal of this thief is to totally devastate your life. If nothing stops him, He'll leave you insolvent, flat broke, cleaned out in every area of your life. You'll end up feeling as if you're finished and out of business. Make no mistake, the enemy's ultimate aim is to obliterate you. But I have specifically come with the express purpose that you will have, hold, and possess a phenomenal and amazing life. My purpose is that you will possess life so full that it overflows and spills over like a mighty river so full of water that its banks can no longer contain it all. I'm talking about an amazingly full-spirited and vivacious life that is literally overflowing and spilling over. I have explicitly come so you can possess an abundant, profuse, plentiful, and bountiful life. Which means if the enemy in the past wiggled his way into your personal affairs and just left you flat broke in your emotions, in your finances, in your relationships, just devastated and wounded you. Jesus has come to restore it all to you. He's a restorer. And in fact, Jesus himself said in Luke 19, verse 10, for the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. The word lost is derived from the Greek word apollumi, It conveys the idea of something ruined, wasted, trashed, devastated, or destroyed. Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. And I want to tell you a story. Many, many years ago, Denise, how many years has it been? Oh, long, long time. Maybe 28 years ago. We were living in Riga. And Denise and I bought an apartment downtown Riga. And when we bought it, it was horrible. Denise, was it horrible?
2: It was horrible.
0: Well, you could say
1: the potential was great. The potential was great, but it was a very large apartment. It had nine fireplaces that were totally trashed. If you've ever seen the movie Dr. Chivago, there's a scene where all of these people are communally living in a former grand apartment. All these families living with one kitchen, one toilet. Well, that's what our apartment was. Eight families lived in our apartment with one toilet. One kitchen. One kitchen. And the men had missed the toilet so many times over all the years that the urine had eaten a hole through the floor, and you could look into the floor below next to the toilet. The windows were out. There was, by the time we bought it, there was graffiti written all over the walls. And what was so sad is when we pulled the,
0: when we started to straighten out the walls. and yeah. pull back the layers and layers of wallpaper, wallpaper and newspapers. Newspapers started to arise because that's what they used to line the walls with to make them straight you know it's all this Jewish newspapers it was
1: Yiddish newspapers which means whoever originally lived there had been killed in the Holocaust in in Riga
2: and you say how can all these people live in this apartment well families lived in, in one, one room, room one room so you can have four or five people living in one Room.
1: We're talking about a very small room, <laughs> and there was one central kitchen and one toilet for all eight families. So if there's eight families, there might have been 40 people living there, 35, 40 people with one toilet. No privacy whatsoever, a central hallway, a central living room. I mean, just communal living. That's the way it was. That's what the communist and socialist socialists produced and promoted. So we bought it, it was just devastated, just devastated. The windows were broken out. You could see that originally it was quite stunning. The molding was magnificent, but it was covered by 55 years of Soviet heavy chalk paint. You Couldn't even see the details, it just looked like, it looked like blobs of white something that lined the edges of the ceiling. It was just mold on the walls. It was just awful. And I bought it without Denise ever seeing it. And I bought it in the fall of the year when it was very dark. Denise was on a trip to the United States and we'd been looking for a place for our family. And I said, Denise, I bought our apartment. When Denise walked in, she was speechless.
2: You know, I have vision. I really do, but I couldn't see anything in this.
0: Actually, when you just looked at the building, it was awful. It, was, awful. it was dark,
2: mildew on the walls. I couldn't even go in the bathroom. The kitchen was absolutely horrible.
0: The whole building, the exterior, the facade of the building it looked like every building had a, every apartment had a fire, and the whole outside of the building was just dark.
1: Well, and the apartment below us had no windows, so during the winter, the the, the wind just blowed underneath our apartment and, and caused our apartment to be freezing. But when I saw it, I saw something beautiful. I thought, wow, this place could be spectacular.
0: you know what? Today, it is beautiful.
1: It is magnificent. But my point is, somebody had to put a lot of effort into it to make it beautiful. When we bought it, I mean, normally people would have said, have you lost your mind? In fact, where the kitchen eventually was, was filled with so much trash. I mean, just piles and piles of Bottles were bums of drunk and, I mean, it just trashed. But I saw something that I thought could be spectacular. I looked at all that molding I thought, I bet if we could clean that, I bet you underneath all those blobs of paint, there's something pretty there. Well, there were so much blobs of paint, it took half a year to clean it. And they had to clean it with dental instruments. The same instruments dentists use to clean teeth, that's what they used. And when they begin to remove all of that, I remember when they first removed the first blob of paint and I saw what was there, I thought, wow. It was roses. Mm-hmm. Remember that, Denise? Yeah. Roses. And when they cleaned away the paint, some of it was dangling, suspended in the air, mm-hmm. but it had just been covered by blobs. Well, it took a long time to restore it. It was very, very intense. But Denise and I were determined to seek and save what had been lost in that apartment. And by the time that we were finished, it was very cheap when we bought it because of its condition. Now, just, I cannot exaggerate its condition. But by the time that we were finished, we had sought and we had saved and restored. Now, I don't know what the original version looked like. But I'm sure that if the original owners came and saw what we did, they would have been pretty impressed. It was really, really impressive what took place. Those fireplaces began working and the parquet floors were restored and the doors were restored and all that molding and crown molding and, and by the way, when I mean molding, I mean molding this big. It was, but nobody had seen it for 55 years. But it took commitment. Well, in this verse, Jesus says the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. The word lost means that which was ruined, wasted, trashed, devastated, or destroyed. Jesus came to seek it. The word seek is the Greek word zeteo which means to pursue, to earnestly look for, to investigate, never get up until you get what you want. The word save is a form of the Greek word sozo, which means to rescue. It really describes a rescue operation. And here's what it means. Jesus, as our great shepherd, is in the business of rescue operations. And he loves to find what has been wasted, devastated, and destroyed, trashed, and begin a plan of restoration. Supernatural restoration. I like what it says in the New Living Translation in Isaiah 57, 15. The high and lofty one who lives in eternity, the holy one, says this. I live in the high and holy place with those whose spirits are contrite and humble. Now listen to this. I restore the crushed spirit of the humble and revive the courage of those with repentant hearts. This verse means if you have a heart to turn to the Lord and you've been crushed and you've been devastated in life, He's the one who restores the crushed spirit. He is the one that restores your soul. He can restore your soul. It doesn't matter what you've been through, and we certainly are not minimizing anything you've been through. You might be like that apartment. You might feel like you've been abandoned, wasted, trashed, left. Jesus sees you and says, well, I can see what that life can be. He wants to restore the spirits of those that are crushed. That's what he does. Denise.
2: Oh, I've just seen him restore my soul over and over and over again. I know that if his restoration power was not working in my life, I know I wouldn't be sitting here right now. I am positive of it. And his power is real. And we just got to reach out and say, Jesus, I'm a candidate. I am a candidate. You know what's happened in my life. You've seen my tears. You see my fear. But I'm coming to you just as I am. I am a candidate for your restoration. Amen. And he will rush in there and begin that restoration.
1: In fact, in Luke chapter 4, verse 18 and 19, Jesus himself said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because. He's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the what?
0: Brokenhearted.
1: You know what the word brokenhearted is? The Greek word suntribo. It was used to describe the process of crushing grapes with the feet or the smashing of grinding of bones into dust. It was used to depict people who had been walked on by others, those who've been crushed by others or who feel they've been smashed to pieces by life or relationships. Jesus said he came to heal them. That's not all. He says that he came to bring, mm, are you ready for this? Deliverance to the captives. The word captives describes those who have been pulled into some kind of bondage, maybe even manipulated, to set at liberty them that are bruised. The word bruised means to crush, to break down, depicts a person, are you ready for this, Denise, who has been shattered or fractured by life. Honey, think how many people have been fractured by life and by relationships. Pictures those whose lives have been continually split up and fragmented. You say, oh, my life has been so shattered, so fragmented. Then you're the one Jesus is looking for. He's a restorer. He's in the restoration business. That's what He is. You might like to watch those TV programs where they come in and restore old homes. Jesus is in the restoration business. But he's really not fixing houses. He's fixing people. He loves to find fixer-uppers. That's what you are. You're a fixer-upper. And Jesus is seeking you. And as your great shepherd, he wants to release all of his masterful power to turn you into a masterpiece. He wants to make you shine. Amen, Denise?
2: Oh, and he has the power to do it. He has the power to do it. All we have to do is just say, Lord, I'm your candidate. I am your project. Move in my life. Come in and do what you need to do to get me to shine, but I'm going to cooperate with you.
1: So just say, Lord, if you're looking for a fixer-upper, here I am. Here I am. Look no further. Here I am. Honey, this has been great tonight.
2: It is so great. I love our shepherd.
1: And I love our home group. Hey, but sleep well.
0: We'll see you tomorrow night. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed that teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see it.